Welcome to Then and Now with Ed Stevens, President of the International Preterist Association. Then and Now is a weekly podcast designed to explore past fulfillment of Bible prophecy in order to equip us for guiding the church in its ongoing reform. And now, with today's message, here's Ed Stevens. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here on Then and Now. Last time we began our study of the resurrection issue by looking at the death which entered the world through the sin of Adam in the Garden of Eden. We saw what Adam's original condition was at creation, the ultimate destiny of mankind, the function of the two trees in the garden, the kind of death that God threatened, and the kind of death which they actually experienced on that day, as well as the promise of redemption from that death by resurrection when a son of Adam would come into the world. This time we will look at some of the arguments and claims of the collective body view of the resurrection. Uh, One of the two major views of resurrection that are found in the preterist movement And we want to examine the arguments, some of the arguments and the claims of the collective body view and inspect the fruit of its tree to see what kind of fruit it is producing. Let's pray before we begin. Our holy and glorious Father in heaven, we exalt you for your sovereign acts of creation and for providing an inspired and absolutely authoritative record of it to guide us down the path to your holy presence. Help us here as we look at what Scripture said about this amazing subject of the resurrection. Help us always to handle your word with reverence and respect and to make a diligent effort to rightly divide it. We know that it can only be understood rightly and fully if your Spirit enlightens us and guides us. Help us to discern truth from error, especially here in this subject of the resurrection. May we take great pains to interpret your word in a way that honors and exalts and glorifies you and not give any credit to the foolishness of human wisdom and knowledge. All of our knowledge comes from you. We have nothing to boast about. Your ways are so far above ours that they are past finding out. Be with us now as we study your word and help us understand it and practice it in our lives. We pray this in your son's matchless name. Amen. Well, I want to share another email question that I received this week from one of our listeners over in the northwest part of the country, where he asked about the beliefs of the collective body view. And we're going to use his question as a launching pad to critically examine some of the logical implications, fallacies, and fruit that has come out of the collective body tree. Here is the question that I received. I have edited it a little bit for clarity and poignancy. In a nutshell, here is what this dear brother was asking. Greetings, Brother Ed. In my studies, I have now come to the point where I need to better understand the resurrection event 
from the individual body perspective. My question is this. How does the collective body view explain the afterlife experience of the individual saint after AD 70 when he or she dies and goes to heaven? Seems to me that, as preterist, they would have to see the collective body concept as fully fulfilled once for all at AD 70, just like the cross was fully fulfilled in AD 30, but with extended benefits to individual saints throughout history afterwards. Do they believe there are any further benefits of the once-for-all resurrection event for individual saints living after AD 70 today? Well, here's my reply. Very excellent question. You clearly see the implications of the collective body view that I have been pointing out here in the last four podcasts. I want to take that a little bit further in this session and explain what are those implications and how they stack up against Scripture. In regard to how the collective body view explains the afterlife experience of individual saints who die and go to heaven after AD 70, their positions on that are various. All of them, however, would assert that the afterlife experience of the individual saint is only as a part of the collective body, which is already in heaven now and has its immortal body now. When asked what kind of individual bodies we will have in the afterlife, they obfuscate further by saying, we were already raised in the collective body in AD 70, so we already have our share in the new immortal collective body. There is nothing new, different, or better to be received at physical death beyond what we already have now. Our afterlife will be disembodied and pure spirit, and we will be merged into the one big spiritual collective body with no individual bodily form or experience. You can see how they are trying to avoid dealing with this question from the individual body perspective. And how they immediately jump over into their collective body paradigm to answer this question about the individual experience of the afterlife. But that immediately raises red flags about their view when they refuse to answer the questions that we are asking from an individual body perspective. Apostle Paul shuddered at the thought of being disembodied in the afterlife like the Greeks and the Gnostics were teaching in his day. Paul adamantly refuted that Greek and Gnostic idea of an individual disembodied afterlife when he taught that each of the seeds get a new body of its own at the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 37 and 38. Yet here we are today in the preterist movement with the collective body guys asserting that this is the very kind of afterlife we will have after we die physically. They're saying that we're not going to have an individual body in our afterlife. 
They say that it's going to be a pure spirit existence, just like the Greeks and the Gnostics were teaching back in the first century. Now, who are we going to believe? Apostle Paul, who says that it would be an individual bodily existence? Or are we going to believe the collective body of you guys who are saying that it's going to be a disembodied individual afterlife, like the Greeks and the Gnostics believed? As for me and my house, I choose Apostle Paul's view of an individual bodily afterlife. When pressed to explain the afterlife from an individual perspective, some of the collective body guys will admit that there is an individual experience of the afterlife, which is different than their bodily experience on earth, because it is in a disembodied pure spirit form merged into the collective body in heaven. They do not like to use the words new or better in reference to that afterlife experience, since that would imply that individual saints are getting something at death which is new, additional, or better than what they already have now in this life. One of the collective body guys described the change at physical death as not acquiring any new or better things, but rather simply discarding the fleshly body which prevented the full enjoyment of what we already have. Thus, our individual afterlife experience is different than our life here on earth, but not because we get something new or better, but rather because we get rid of something that was holding us back from enjoying all the benefits that were already given to us at the resurrection in AD 70. Some of the collective body guys will admit that there might have been a resurrection of dead saints out of Hades at AD 70, but that they do not know of a single biblical text that talks about it. As far as they know, all the resurrection text are talking about the collective body being raised out of old covenant death into new covenant life, which is a covenantal resurrection. In other words, they pay lip service to the concept of individual saints being raised out of Hades in AD 70, but will not identify any biblical text which support that concept. Do you see the problem with that? How can you really believe something is true if there are no scriptures to support it? No wonder they have such a hard time believing in an individual bodily afterlife. They don't think that there are any biblical texts which teach it. However, you can see the dilemma that they are working overtime to avoid. They are admitting that the resurrection was a once-for-all event that was fully fulfilled at the parousia. They believe that all the benefits of that fully fulfilled resurrection were fully given and fully received then at 70 AD. They will not allow any saint after AD 70 to receive any of those benefits at his conversion or physical death. They think that would make them futurist if they allowed any benefits of the resurrection to be received by anyone after 8070. 
That is why they accuse me of being a futurist when I say that individual saints today receive the ongoing benefits of that once-for-all resurrection at the time of their physical death. But that accusation is hypocritical and disingenuous, and here's why. I could easily agree with them and say that we are not receiving any new or better benefits that were not already reserved in heaven for us at 8070. So therefore, I'm not a futurist. But that agreement does not satisfy the collective body guys. They go further to assert that if the individual gets a new immortal body when he dies, that is receiving something new, different, or better than what we already have now. That is why they describe the individual afterlife in terms of a disembodied pure spirit existence that is fully merged into the collective body in heaven. They are trying to avoid getting anything new, different, or better after physical death because they think that would make them futurist. They do not grasp the concept of those benefits being reserved in heaven for us at the parousia and then getting to experience the benefits after physical death. They cannot allow that idea because that would allow me to be a full preterist like they are and they just cannot bring themselves to grant that privilege to me. They have set themselves up as judges of who is a full preterist and who is not. That is like the stunt that Max King's son, Tim, pulled 15 years ago when he tried to trademark the term transmillennialism and force everyone to define it the way he does or else face legal action against them. He defined transmillennialism and covenant eschatology very narrowly and exclusively as only including those who took the collective body view. In other words, if you wanted to be in the good graces with Max and Tim King and get all the perks and benefits that they were offering as bait and wear the transmillennial or covenant eschatology label, then you had to agree with the collective body view. Otherwise, you were out of the club. That is the same stunt that some of these collective body disciples of Max King today are trying to pull on us. They're trying to take over the label of full preterist and say that it only applies to those who are in the collective body view. They're trying to define the individual body view out of the full preterist movement. They're trying to exclude us and marginalize us if we do not agree with their collective body view. It's a different label this time, but it's the same high-handed exclusiveness and divisiveness that Max and Tim King tried to impose on us 15 years ago. It did not work then, and it is sure not going to work this time either. Moreover, they assert that the individual body view is futurist because they think we are teaching that the individual saint gets a resurrection and a new resurrection body at his physical death. 
since that resurrection of death is occurring after 70 AD and is another resurrection besides the fully fulfilled resurrection at 70 AD, it is therefore a futurist resurrection. They assert that believing in an additional resurrection of the individual saints at their death after 70 AD makes us futurist, since it is teaching that there are more resurrections in the future after AD 70 every time an individual saint dies and is raised to get a new resurrection body. Now, on first glance, that really sounds like a winner argument, doesn't it? However, their argument is fatally flawed for the following reasons. They fail to notice how we individual body advocates are using the resurrection terminology. For instance, we define the word resurrection as referring to the resurrection of the dead disembodied saints out of Hades in AD 70. Hades was emptied of saints at that time, and no more saints have gone into Hades since AD 70. Instead, all saints now, after 70 AD, go immediately to heaven at physical death. They do not go to Hades and then get resurrected back out of there again. So the word resurrection does not apply to individual saints after AD 70. There is no resurrection at death like the collective body guys are accusing us of believing. Nor is the immortal body that we receive at the time of physical death correctly labeled as a resurrection body. We do not describe the new immortal body that way, and neither does Scripture. That terminology was invented by futurists based on their faulty understanding of the resurrection. We reject that futurist terminology as unbiblical. Instead, we would say that we receive our new immortal bodies that have been reserved in heaven for us ever since the AD 70 resurrection event. It is not a resurrection body because that new immortal body was not raised out of the ground and given to us. It was already there in heaven waiting for us. Nor do we individual saints get a resurrection at death out of Hades in order to put on those new immortal bodies that are reserved in heaven for us. So their use of that terminology, resurrection at death and resurrection body, is nothing more than a straw man misrepresentation of our view, with the express purpose of making us look like futurists for having another resurrection after A.D. 70, when in fact we do not. But as we have shown, there are no more resurrections of saints out of Hades after A.D. 70. We saints today are not resurrected at death, nor are our physical bodies resurrected or changed at death. Instead, we shed this mortal body at death. It returns to dust permanently, and we receive our new immortal bodies that are reserved in heaven for us. That is not a resurrection at death, nor are we getting a resurrected body at death. So the accusation of being futurist 
does not apply to us. It is a false accusation and misrepresentation of our view. Furthermore, the charge of futurism can just as easily be applied to them if we are allowed to define our terms in our own way. For instance, the cross and the parousia were both once-for-all events, never to be repeated, but with benefits for all future generations of Christians. When a person today, after eighty seventy, is born again, regenerated, saved, converted, puts on Christ, or is baptized into Christ, is he crucifying Christ again? Or is he merely receiving the benefits of the once-for-all cross? Even a caveman knows the answer to that question. If we are futurist for believing that we don't get to enjoy the full experiential benefits of the resurrection until we die and go to heaven, then the collective body guys are futurist also for believing that we today, after 70 A.D., don't get to experience any of the benefits of the cross until after our conversion or regeneration. So why is it so difficult for the collective body guys to understand that when saints today die and receive the benefits of the once-for-all resurrection, that they are not experiencing another resurrection? They're simply getting the benefits of that once-for-all resurrection in 70 A.D. The collective body guys simply do not understand this principle of once-for-all resurrection with ongoing benefits afterwards, as we discussed in a previous session. They do not allow that principle to apply here because they know it would refute their false accusation against us. That is disingenuous. It means that they are misrepresenting us in order to make us look like futurists so that they can discredit us and scare fellow preterists away from us to build themselves up by knocking us down. Again, that is the same divisive and exclusive stunt that Tim King tried to pull 15 years ago, and we individual body advocates are not going to let them get away with it this time either. Moreover, The collective body guys need to explain their position on a few things pertaining to our afterlife hope. If they say that we do get something new, different, or better after physical death, then they are just as much futurist as they claim we are. But if they deny that we get anything new, different, or better after physical death, then it leaves them in the unenviable position of teaching heaven now, immortal body now, and perfection now, and ongoing temptation and sin in the afterlife. So which is it? If they believe all the benefits were given once for all at 8070 with nothing new, different, or better to be received or experienced at conversion or physical death, how is that different from the hyper-cessationist view of Chris Camilo, or the sin-no-longer-exist idea of some collective body guys.
or the continuing to sin in heaven view of some of the other collective body guys. Do you see their dilemma here? Do we get something new, different, or better? Or do we not? Which is it? Are we already in the sinless perfection state, like some collective body guys assert? Or is this state of sinful imperfection that we're in now going to continue on into the afterlife with no changes of any kind, like some collective body advocates are asserting? Or is Chris Camilo correct when he asserts that everything was indeed all fully fulfilled in AD 70, just like the collective body guys are saying, and that all the benefits were fully dispensed at that time with no other benefits of any kind yet to be given after 70 AD. Do you see the problem here, folks? If the collective body view is true, then Chris Camilo appears to be the most consistent one of the bunch. Are we really in heaven now with our new immortal bodies now and experiencing sinless perfection now? and seeing all things clearly face to face, and knowing fully as we have been fully known by God right now while we're still in the flesh here in this life on earth? Do you see any problems with that? I surely do. It destroys my afterlife hope for a sinless perfection in a new immortal body in heaven after I die. It means that what we have right now is all we're going to get. Nothing new, different, or better awaits us after this fleeting life of flesh is over. Nothing but a disembodied, pure spirit existence, which is still subject to temptation and sin, even though it's not in an individual body. That implies that the experience of temptation and sin will be in the collective body. Somehow, even though... Revelation teaches that the bride in heaven is in a state of sinless perfection. Something is drastically wrong with the collective body view. It is destroying our afterlife hope. And it's empowering heretics like Chris Camilo to confuse and destroy the faith of fellow preterists. Jesus told us, that we can judge the nature of a tree by the fruit that it produces. He was talking about the practical results of our doctrines and beliefs. He said, By their fruit you shall know them. Back in the days when Max King planted his collective body tree, none of us had any idea what kind of fruit it was going to produce. We never imagined that it would become the source for all kinds of deviant doctrines and a fertile field in which all the cults could sow their heretical seeds. The fruit of the collective body tree has begun to show up, and it is rotten to the core. We now know what kind of tree it is. It has produced the bad fruit of universalism, annihilationism, antinomianism, soul sleep, Satan is not a real angelic being doctrine, covenant creationism with its claim that Adam and Eve were not the first two human beings after all, 
along with its associated ideas of a local flood, an anti-miraculous and anti-supernatural bias, and old earth evolutionary thinking. And the list keeps growing day by day. Now we have heretics like Chris Camillo using the collective body view's fully fulfilled idea as a foundation for his hyper-cessationism. Then there is the sin no longer exists fruit and the continuation of temptation and sin in heaven fruit and the heaven now and immortal body now fruit. Who could have imagined that two totally opposite ideas such as sinless perfection now and sinless perfection never could come from the same collective body tree? Only a bad tree could produce such inconsistent and diametrically opposed fruit. That is the same kind of polar opposite ideology that was produced by the Gnostic tree. Gnosticism had glaring contradictions and paradoxes like that with their extremely ascetic groups versus their extremely licentious and immoral groups. Both extremes came out of the same Gnostic tree. We are only left to wonder what rotten fruit of the collective body tree will show up next. How much bad fruit will have to show up before we finally realize that the tree is bad? How can it be good when it produces such bad fruit. It was some of this bad fruit which caused several former full preterists to leave the full preterist movement. How many more will have to leave full preterism before we wake up and smell the coffee? The individual body view has not produced that kind of bad fruit. It instead teaches the plenary inspiration, inerrancy, and absolute authority of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. It affirms the deity of Christ and the Trinity. It desperately clings to our hope for an individual afterlife in a new immortal body in heaven. It has the same hope for a bodily afterlife that saints of all generations have longed for and sacrificed their lives for. It does not compromise with evolution or universalism or any of the other cultic or occultic doctrines that have invaded the preterist community with a vengeance and taken advantage of the inconsistencies of the collective body view. And so I would recommend that you take a look at the individual body view of the resurrection. It has produced good fruit that doesn't destroy people's faith and destroy their hope for an individual afterlife. And we'll be talking more about it in future sessions and explaining exactly what the individual body view actually does teach and supporting it with correctly exegeted scripture. So that'll do it for this time. I hope this has been helpful for you and giving you a better understanding of what the collective body view is actually teaching and what it's producing 
and how we need to take a second look at it before we bite into it. That'll do it for this time. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Then and Now with Ed Stevens. We would love to hear from you. Send your email to preterist1 at preterist.org. Our website has many great articles, books, and audio-video resources. The address is www.preterist.org. This teaching ministry depends on your donations, and you share in all the good fruit that we produce. To make a donation or support monthly, simply go to our website, www.preterist.org, or call us at 814-368-6578. Join us again next time for Then and Now, where we study the past to shape a better future.